Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flops Podcast. I'm Angelique Gay, a mother and a writer who recently went through a major life transition. Each week, I invite other creatives and change makers on to talk about their own transitions, a time in their life when they felt completely untethered and lost, which, as it turns out, is completely normal and can even be life affirming. Today, I chat with singer and songwriter Sarah Rebecca. Sarah's music is downloaded by 1.4 million listeners every month on Spotify alone. Her voice is heavenly. I met this apparition over lunch in Paris with a dear friend, and we had the most amazing conversation about spirituality. I had such a strong reaction to her presence that I had to know more. These are my favorite kinds of conversation where we deep dive into the specifics of a person's creative and spiritual practice. Sarah has a fascinating and contagious point of view, and I'm so filled with joy to share her thoughts. She also sings for us, which is so good. Enjoy. You are just this incredible, unique creature. I met you with Sue, another beautiful creature, and I had such a strong reaction to meeting you. And you just you just have so much heart and light and just a beautiful, beautiful being. So I wanted to start with hearing your story, perhaps where you're from and how you made your way to Paris and then and what you do. So take it away. The floor Um, is yours. (laughs) Well, um, my name is Sarah and I'm from Mississippi and I've been living in Paris, France for about, I want to say like 15 years or something. It's about 15, maybe, maybe more. And I'm a musician. Yeah. And so, so that, so that's kind of like just the general what I do. I, I, I work in music. Is that a good, good beginning? That's a good start. So you've been in Paris for 15 years. What made you go from Mississippi to Paris? Was it a straight line? Oh, why, why were you called to Paris? <laughs> well, actually, it was not a straight line. It was more like a, like a really elaborate labyrinth from like Mississippi to New York, to South Dakota, to California. And then to Paris. And and I, it's so funny that, especially when you're someone like me who was just dying to get out of my small town and who was dreaming of faraway places, but I never thought, I never, Europe never crossed my mind. It was like, okay, I'm going to New York. And then I really ended up here by accident. I, I, I had a, I was living in San Francisco and I had a girlfriend who, who really wanted to go on tour here in France or all over Europe, actually. And I came here and I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I was ready to leave California. I didn't know if I was going to go to New York. I I really, I had no idea. And it just seemed like I never even thought about living in Europe because it just seemed like such an impossible dream that I just never even considered it. But I ended up coming on tour and and then I ended up staying just really quite by accident. I mean, you know, I fell in love with a French boy and just stayed. And of course, when I got here, I was like, I felt like I had come home. Well, that's beautiful. So how did you get into music? When did you first start singing? Were you a a singing baby? (laughs) I I actually was a singing baby. I there's a little picture of me like, 
with my hand up like a little diva. I'll, I'll send it to you. And I'm, it, it's like, <laughs> yep, she's going to, and I walked in in my parents' bedroom when I was five. And I said, when I grow up, I'm not going to college. I'm going to run away with my boyfriend and I'm going to be a singer. And, and even in church, when I was little, I loved to sit on the front row of the, of the pew so that I could be really close to the choir. That's how much I love. And my whole family is very musical. My mother sings, my father sings, my grandmother. So I grew up, you know, with my grandma's little karaoke machine. I was like singing Pocahontas and Shirley Temple and Judy Garland. That was like, that was like my favorite way to spend an afternoon was singing with my grandma. Wow. That's beautiful. I know that you have had so many successes and I just want to know how, I mean, I sang as a kid too, but it doesn't mean that I'm a singer. So when did you know that that singing was the thing you were going to do and how did your career start? Well, first I want to say is that everyone's a singer. You're uh, even, even if you don't make it a career, if it, if it brings you joy and pleasure, you are a singer. I always knew, even when I was little and I was in class and I would be singing in class and I would be so proud of myself and the teacher would be so annoyed with my, <laughs> with my, like, I know how good I am. Um, <laughs> I remember that vividly. And I was like, you know, it's so funny. Children are so funny. Cause you know, it's like stuff like that, like kind of like it either, like just, they either just close up and they say, okay, I'm not going to sing anymore. Or they're like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to, I'm going to sing. And that was me. That was, that's what I decided to do. So I think I always, and also because I grew up, of course, with people saying that I could never make a career out of this. So I really just wanted to prove them wrong. So from a very young age, I knew I had a beautiful voice because I was always told that. And I grew up around very musical people. And I just knew that was my path. So what was your first gig? Oh, gosh. Well, first real gig or first like gig where I'm just like singing with a playback to Tori Amos at, at the high school musical talent show. Well, I think that's <laughs> when was the first time you performed? Because it's one thing to walk into your parents' bedroom and, and sing. But when was the first time you got on stage in front of a group of people and kind of felt that connection and their reaction? Uh, probably when I, you know, because I was always in choir and always singing on stage with that. And, 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 and it, it is true. When I came in high school, I did come to Italy to sing at the St. Saint, Saint, uh, Mark's Cathedral. And I, when the, the little Italian ladies were crying, when we were singing Vivaldi, I was like, wow, okay, this is, this is powerful. And I think too, when I really started, cause there was a really long time where I knew I wanted to perform and sing, but I, I didn't play any instruments. And I, and then, so I didn't really pick up the guitar until I was, I don't know, in my 20s. And then when I was in San Francisco and I started playing at clubs and stuff and, and bars, that's really when I knew just how powerful this connection, this energy exchange is. So yeah, I would say in San Francisco, that's when I really, because that's when I was really starting to play guitar and really find- Did you have a guitar teacher? Did you teach yourself? Oh, I taught myself because, you know, Leonard Cohen, he says, you just need to know three chords. So, you know, I, I, I would teach myself just like the really easiest chords. And, uh, and then I came up with this very strange picking style. It's not strange, but I just never, I'm not a great guitar player. I play, I play enough to get by. 
<laughs> or to write if I need to. But, but um, you know, I was a folk singer back then, so it was quite easy. You could just be a pretty girl with a pretty voice. And if your lyrics were clever, you could kind of get away with it. <laughs> well, how did you get your first gig in San Francisco? Oh, because you know what? I met this great, great guy on, on the Hate Ashbury. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I was walking on Hate Ashbury and I saw this guy and he just looked so cool. His name is Matt Adams from this group called The Blank Tapes. And there was a really great folk scene in San Francisco at this time. I mean, there were so many good bands coming out of there uh, in the psychedelic, psychedelic folk, the freak folk. All these really great bands were around. And this was, again, it was it was expensive to live there, but not like it is now. I mean, you could be an artist there working in a restaurant and making music and doing your stuff and, and be able to live. And, and But now you can't do that. You've got to live in Oakland or whatever. But anyway, so I met him and he was so cool. And, and he introduced me to so many great people. And then I just started just hopping on whatever bandwagon I could. You know, if somebody wanted me to sing backup, I would do that. If somebody was going to give me a show. I think, I think maybe one of the first places I played was this little surf shop called the mollusk and I and I had my first show there I'm, I'm pretty sure and of course I, I did some open mic nights but I, I was really more you know I really found my home with these this group of people and so I just started playing with them or opening for them whenever I could. And what does it feel like when you're on stage? Well, it, it depends. Then when I was younger and I was and I had a lot of the a lot of issues that I had it was it was quite difficult for me. I never felt in my I never felt quite comfortable in my my skin, so I had I was very self-conscious most of the time. Now it's it's different. It's when everything goes right, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when there's problems, you're just like, you just want to run and hide. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, get me out of here because this is. <laughs> but, but when every when you know when the sound is good and when when there's a but that's the whole point of being I, I think that's it too it's like being on stage whatever whatever stage it is you know if you're in the boardroom or if you're whatever it's like your presence and your you know the energy force that you carry has to be so strong that no matter what is going on you give a good show or at least you give as much as you would give if there's five people in the room and the sound is bad versus 200 people in the room with great sound. How do you write your music? Where do the lyrics and melody come from for you? I, I think for me and, and like a lot of, of artists like to say, you know, I, I just feel like I am a vessel and that the Lord, you know, I just like to say the good Lord works through me. I, I feel like I'm channeling source and, and what I'm what I'm channeling is the collective human experience and I'm just lucky enough to be able to kind of translate what we're feeling on a global conscious level and I can translate that into a song and sometimes it, when I was when I was younger it really came more from personal very personal it was like all about my suffering but now I can really just kind of tap into that collective consciousness and write from there. What is the world feeling right now? Where are we at? Um, what, are you, what are you picking up on? I there's a there's like a general sense of it's just like overwhelming. Um, feeling a bit kind of like I, I get this vibration that that we're very scattered at the moment. Like it's very hard to kind of to stay together. And in the sense that I, I mean, like 
you know, when our energy is all spread out and all over the place, we just, we aren't as grounded. And so I, I feel, but, but I also feel the hope that, that people are hopeful too. I mean, people are, we're waking up in ways that, that it's accelerating actually. So there's also a lot of in that acceleration, that's also a new thing and it's very intense. And also I think people are finding their tribes. Like I, I can't even tell you how many times, like when I met you, or when I, or, or just, it's so random, but I will just meet these people and I'm like, oh my God, you're my soul tribe. Mm -hmm. So it's very, it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot of upheaval and change going on and it's really throwing people, but we are so adaptable. So how do we maximize all of this energy that you're talking about? Because I definitely feel what you're talking about. And I know when I was in France and I spoke to you and then I had another conversation, it, we bonded over Elizabeth Gilbert and Eat, Pray, Love and channeling energy. So how do we take all of this energy and is it a matter of channeling it? Should we have the expectation of grounding ourselves or like, what do we do with it all? How do we, I don't even know how to ask the question. <laughs> Just like, what are, what are the books we should be reading? How do we channel it? Like, how do you channel all of this energy? What do you do with it? Well, because, well, one, because I'm, I'm a singer. I, any sort of messages people are receiving from their higher spirit guide, I will say aliens, I'm sorry, but, but a lot of these, what, what a lot of the messages that I am either getting myself from when I do hypnosis or when everyone is saying the way that we can harness this energy and embody it and help us in this transformation is one just really being like living in the I know it sounds so cliche and like everyone Eckhart Tolle talks about it uh Elizabeth Gill everyone is talking about this to to, to really just be and enjoy your life and, and have this sense of gratitude so that's one thing another thing is like what brings you joy if it's singing then do more singing if, it, if it's if it's dancing do more of that that is going and, and also, you know, because everyone wants to talk about the, the high vibrations, which is great. It is one wonderful, you know, high frequencies are wonderful, but the low frequencies also have a place. Grounding has its place. Getting outside, walking barefoot. You know, when I breathe in, I breathe the energy in through the crown and I feel it go all the way down my body, all the way down to my feet. And I exhale the energy in because the grounding is just as important as the ascension. You know, we can't ascend without being grounded. So, and in terms of, you know, we want answers and, and the thing, and, and lots of people do lots of different things to get those answers, but ultimately the answers are inside of Eddie. So we just, and people say, Oh, but how, how do I know the answer? Well, you ask yourself a question. You say, okay, is this job right for me? Is this project what I going to bring me joy and pleasure? Like I go, Hmm, how does the yes feel? And then you can find your answer. So I think, you know, the answer, I, I think I, I explained it pretty good. Um, in terms of books and everything, 
I love Eileen Day McCusack's show, this wonderful book called Electric Body, Electric Health. I also loved, and I think you would love too, there's this great book called Wintering that just came out, which is just... Yeah, by Catherine May. Yes, I love it so much. It's beautiful. Kate Lebo, she wrote a great book too called The Book of Difficult Fruit, which is just, you know, anything that's going... Because I truly believe, you know, limiting as well, like the sort of shows that we're watching. Um, Ooh, say more about that. Well, <laughs> well, because, you know, because we live in, we live on a planet where the bad guys, they need permission to do whatever it is they're doing. And the way that they get our permission is through the TV shows that were, so, it was, so you, you, you notice like all the futuristic movies, there's just mm-hmm. never like these utopian movies. They're all like about this dystopian future. And it's like, they do that so that like, because, you know, we, we, the collective consciousness, if that's what's in the collective consciousness, that's what's going to be creating our collective consciousness. So, and look, I watched so much, and especially when I was sick, oh, I say I was sick, but I think I was just getting really intense upgrades. But, you know, I I was watching it all. I was watching every, and and I know that I'm getting these. So, you know, I'll watch this stuff and then I'll go, okay, cancel, cancel, cancel. Like I just cancel it immediately from my mind because I I don't want to be giving my permission to this, these sort of possible timelines. So I think we have to be really careful about what we're, what we're, and and even with the music we're listening to, like uh, there's just so much music I can't listen to anymore because. I know now how powerful the words of a song are or certain frequencies in a song. So yeah, I just think we have to be very conscious about what we're putting in our bodies, in our minds, and and, and, and just in our fields, basically. I think you raised something really important, which is the power of words. And I'm wondering if you have a mantra or words that you kind of use as an invitation for good energy in your life. Well, I definitely, I have, I do a few things that, especially if I feel like if I'm in a place where I'm feeling frustrated with certain circumstances, I I just say like, you know, I do a little emotional freedom technique and I just say, okay, there are any contracts, any soul contracts that I've made that aren't serving me anymore. uh, I I would like to be released from them through all space, times, realities, and dimensions. It's not serving me anymore. So I like to use that one because I do think that we, we have these soul contracts that can, because if we make it, you know, it's so funny, you know, when, when I, I I never tell anyone I'm going to love you forever anymore Mm. (laughs) because forever is this life and the next life (laughs) you know we have to be careful and so I tell my husband I say you know I just I I love you I love you so much in this lifetime (laughs) (laughs) you know because uh you know you know, because uh, because we make these contracts and then we we, we get these, this is my personal belief now, but I think we then we come back with the same people over and over again, depending on what, what contract you made with them. So, you know, we have to kind of go through and say, OK, you know what? Any contracts I've made that aren't serving me, just release me from them through all space, times and dimensions, because there's another you and another dimension doing something. You know, there's another Sarah that stayed in Mississippi and had four babies and works at Walmart. So I just through all space. Times and dimensions that and that works wonders for anything. And I also like to do the Hopopono, which is the Hawaiian prayer, which is thank you, I love you, I'm sorry, forgive me. Mm-hmm. And that for me is the most powerful, the most powerful mantra that I have ever discovered and, and, and used. I use that on the daily. 
angry person on the metro. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Mm. Um, my father. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. My stepdaughter, my teenage stepdaughter. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Anyone that you love or are in conflict with, you can say that. And that is going to change your frequency. And in turn, that's the frequency of the people around you. And if it doesn't change theirs, they usually fall away from your life. You know, people have, if you're putting out love, it's called entrainment. If your energy is strong and it's like love, thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. People will entrain to that. So that, that I think though, I love those two. And I, and I also love to say, oh, may the vast wealth come to me 24 hours a day, day or night, because I work for the betterment of humankind. So those are my, my top three. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. When we met, you showed me a series of physical behaviors that you can do. So you can tap your wrists, you can tap your forehead. And I wanted to know if you could share what that is and, and how you use it. Um, well, the emotional freedom technique is, it's a technique that uses basically the meridians uh, on the body and you tap on the meridian. So it's uh, one, the first one is on the side of the hand, then the top of the head. And you're just basically like reprogramming your brain. So if I say, okay, even though I'm feeling overwhelmed with the, the mandates in France about COVID or whatever, I love, honor, and respect myself completely, whatever it is, you can say, okay, even though I feel this, I love, honor, and respect myself completely. And then you can go through and say, okay, but I'm releasing this emotion. It's all about releasing any blocked emotions or anything that 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 is kind of stuck in our energy field. So you just tap through head, between the eyes, on the side of the eyes, underneath the eyes, top of lips, bottom of lip. And even I'm doing it right now and I feel so amazing. And I'm then doing it too. It feels really um, good. Oh, good. <laughs> what do you need to tap out today? Is there anything on your mind? I think we're doing it. I'm just, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm just open today to you. Yeah, just, you know, and, and we can even just say, thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Anyone in your mind who might mm -hmm. need that healing. Mm -hmm. And you can just say, okay, thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You know, and I like to put them in a little rainbow. <laughs> I go all out. <laughs> so what is your spiritual practice on a daily basis or weekly basis? Definitely gratitude. I can't stress that one enough. Do you um, write it out? Do you journal and write down everything that you're grateful for? Is it a mental exercise for you? Uh, it's more mental. I mean, sometimes I'll like, I, I can get into that where I write it down, but I, I'm normally just like, I'm going to wake up, light a candle and just like, and really, and also when it just like, when it comes to me, but the crazy thing is that the more that you do that, the more moments you have where you're just like, oh my gosh, thank, thank you so much, God, for mm -hmm. all the gifts, for all the blessings, for all the, for everything that I'm learning, for, for being here at this time when humanity is like where it is, like, thank you for bringing me here, you know, and, and, and the more that we think about what we're grateful for, the more blessings come, you mm. know, it's multiplied. It just keeps multiplying because the, the energy, it, it doesn't respond. When you say, I want this, the universe doesn't hear what you want. The universe hears that you are lacking something. 
So it's going to give you, that's the, the frequency, that's the vibration. The vibration is scarcity, not enough. So mm. the, that's what the universe keeps giving you. So how do you invite abundance and positivity? Well, honestly, you know, you can say all the mantras in the world, <laughs> but unless you have, uh, most people have a blockage in their first and second chakra. And the first chakra really is about security and feeling safe enough to receive. You know, people say, oh, I, I don't have this, I don't have that. But a lot of people aren't comfortable with receiving. They don't think they're worthy to receive love or abundance. And that goes back to their, their first chakras. And so I really think, it, because it, it's not just a matter of saying things or saying a certain, because you can, you can craft like a beautiful mantra but unless you feel it, it's just not going to happen. And then and then people get frustrated because they go, oh, but I'm doing everything right. I'm saying my mantras. It's taped to my bathroom mirror. <laughs> mm -hmm. But unless you feel it and unless you're, you're doing the work to really heal the traumas to where you can get to a place so that when you say I am worthy of divine love or I'm worthy of abundance and say it and mean it and know it with every bone in your body, every part of your being, it's just not going to happen. So I really feel the greatest gift start the healing process. And that, that looks different for, for everyone. Some people use emotional freedom techniques. Some people see a therapist. Some people go to a shaman or some people... But it's really about bringing that energy back in so that then you have the power to to manifest. Mm. What are you thinking? <laughs> oh, I'm just I want to know how to do that, because I think it comes and goes. I think you can come to a place where you think you are healed. And then all of a sudden something you realize you have to go deeper. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's healing is not linear. It's like an onion, you know, you, you heal one layer and then, and then you're like, okay, I'm great. I'm feeling amazing. And then you go visit oh, for a week and, and, then, <laughs> and you totally lose your shit. And then you're like back at square one <laughs> where you're like, <laughs> I thought I had I thought I had healed this this ancestral family yeah. trauma, this mother wound. No. I mean, yes and no. You know, you, you go back and you revisit. Uh it's almost like when the body retraces with the disease as well. You know, your body will retrace until there's nothing left of, of, of the disease. And I think that's the same with our, with certain traumas and certain things that need to be healed. And if something comes back up, you know, it's really a gift. It's really just the universe saying like, okay, we're, we're going to revisit this again to see, you know, if you're walking the walk and talking the talk, because it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, it's easy to talk, but from talking to living it, that's when those, and I don't want to say they're tests because I don't feel like, you know, I feel like the universe is just here to support us. So I, I don't feel like she's like this, like evil little teacher being like, well, I'm going to show you again, since you didn't learn your lesson the first time. I, I don't think it's like that. I think our higher selves and our higher consciousness brings certain things back around just to be like, okay, are you, are you, are you stepping up now? I want to try to segue into your music and your videos and recording in a studio. When you've seen abundance in your own life, mm. how did it 
feel, what has abundance looked like for you in your life and what does it look like now? And well, you and know, how does it relate to, to your music and kind of what it looks like on the outside versus the inside? Hmm. I think I was, well, I have to tell you, you know, I grew up very, very poor and I grew up with these certain belief systems that were down generation to generation. And, and I carried those with me, you know, up until about maybe five or six years ago. And again, when I started doing the work and when I started like realizing, okay, this belief system, I have to work hard to have abundance. Okay. Whose program is that? That's not the program I want. That's not the program I want to teach to, to my stepchild. That's not the program I want the women in my family to keep believing. That's somebody else's program. That's not mine. Like as soon as I started changing, as soon as I, I started to, to create my own programs around, first of all, I had to dismantle the old ones. Okay. And as soon as I dismantled those and then put in a new program, the abundance just started coming. So how did you do that? Well, again, I, is, it a, I, is it a matter of kind of acknowledging that that system is there and kind of breaking it down and then looking well, because, in your own life? How did you make that transition? Well, first I had to start making choices about how I was spending my money. Was I going to stop drinking and then have money for a healer? I had to prioritize. I had to go. So first I had to do that. I had to say, okay. And, and it was even not even conscious. I just knew I wanted to quit drinking. I, I knew I wanted to quit smoking. I knew I wanted to, to stop doing drugs. And as soon as I stopped doing that, I had money to do what I really needed to do, which was, which was see a healer once a week, you know, and spend $60 on that instead of $60 on, on weed or just starting to make that conscious decision of knowing who I wanted to be, knowing who I was in that moment and knowing who I wanted to be. So then I started working with, with a healer who really helped me to dismantle the, and, and most of the time we don't even realize it, that these aren't our programs. These are just what, you know, what your parents told you about money when you were little and just really going into my body. She would say, how does it feel to have a thousand a month? And I could just feel my body like tense up. And she was like, Okay, so it would tense up and then we would we would do some tapping or we would do some visualization or and we would release that wherever in the body it felt tense, we would go in there and move that stuck energy. Now if she says, How do you feel about fifty thousand a month? My whole body gets like super happy. Cause like, why not? Why can't I have fifty thousand a month? That sounds awesome. I could do so. I could help so many people. I could do so much with that money. So for me, you know, and also changing the word money to energy. So imagine you say, okay, money is bad. People love to say that money's bad. Jeff Bezos, he's he's horrible. He's a billionaire, and he just Elon Musk. You you know, you, people want to talk about these guys. Change the word money to energy. Energy is bad. Energy is not bad. Energy is energy. And even just to talk about Jeff for a minute, you know, it's so funny. Everyone, he's like, okay, this is billionaire, terrible person. You know, his ex-wife, you know how much money she gives away? So maybe that's why Jeff Bezos has so much money so that his ex-wife can give all this money away that she gets from her, whatever, I don't know, whatever her deal is with him. But, you know, there's, the universe is always balancing itself out. I truly believe. And and, and I I truly believe, I know I got, I got off on a tangent real quick, but anyway, let me just- I needed, I needed to hear that. That, though 
<laughs> well, good, good, because I know, because I can, I can, I, I, I'm sad that we only have an hour. I mean, maybe we can go over, but any, but we can. I, I can go all day long. So I know, me too. <laughs> the, the, the timeline is for you. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like when it really changed for me, so I was doing all this. I don't like to say work anymore because I don't feel like it's work. I feel like it's aligning. Hmm. I feel like work is again one of those words. It's heavy. Yeah, like why is that even in vocabulary? It's another spell word, you know, that to keep us enslaved, I think, you know. So yeah. so I don't like to use the word work. I like to say I'm I'm aligning. So when I was doing all this aligning and cleansing and reprogramming and even, you know, it was just like little things like where, you know, I would get this one job or I would get this one collaboration or something. And, and at the time, I just didn't even know how it would turn out. But I just had to stuff started coming to me, not necessarily the money, but the abundance of connections, creative process, writing more, whatever. And then, you know, and then I had had a really big hit that really changed my life. I know it has to do with the work that I was doing. I knew that I had felt so much shame and so much guilt that I just never, I just didn't think I was worthy. And, you know, when we start to release the shame and the guilt and the anger, it really, when you release that, it, it makes room for, for new. So yeah, and then when that happened, and it was so interesting, because I in 2019, I had a great fucking year, I just had the best year. Oh my gosh, I made so much money, and I spent it all. <laughs> and, <it's> so, <laughs> and my husband, he just said, Why didn't we buy a house? Why didn't we save it? Why didn't we? And I said, You know what? Like, I had to get comfortable in that frequency. Because that was a new frequency for me. I had never in my life had that much abundance. I had the, the abundance I had in that one year probably amounted to like the last 10 years. Wow. So for me, it was about, okay, just getting comfortable in that frequency of abundance. Now I know because people have this idea too. They go, oh, but if I want to, if I want to buy a house, I can't have you know, I can't have Gucci or if I want, you can have it all. Like what program is telling you that you can't have it all? And I think that's it too. People don't know what they really want. You know, they think they know what they want, but they really don't. But because of the blockages and the, the traumas and, and some people go, oh, I've had a great life. I hadn't had any trauma. I mean, we carry, we don't just carry our trauma. We carry our ancestors' trauma as well that gets passed down. So, because people will, will say that sometimes. They'll go, but you know, I had a really good life. I had a great childhood, da, da, da. but I'm still feeling like something is off or I'm not achieving what I want to achieve. But, or, you know, you have days where you go, oh, I feel really down, but I don't know why. That's usually because we're carrying, you know, generations and generations of, of stuff that doesn't belong to us anymore. So, so when I'm talking to you, I hear everything you're saying. I feel it. It's unlocking things for me. And I'm just wondering, there are, of course, people out there that don't see the importance of what you're talking about the importance of energy. And I'm wondering, what would you say to people who have a block even about inviting that word into their life? Well, I would say to them, I, you know, it's not woo woo science, woo woo, like a uh, spiritual stuff. Energy is real. Like it's scientifically proven. So that's what I say to those people. Because I want everyone on board with what you're talking about. <laughs> and I feel like some people are afraid of it. 
or they don't understand it. Yeah, but you know what? <clears throat> if we, we can want people on board. And, <laughs> and you know what? Everyone is where they are in their level of, yeah, where people are where they are. And e either they're going to be open to it or they're not. And you know what? People like me who are doing the work that I do, whether people believe it or not, they're still benefiting from it. So honestly, mm. I don't, I don't really care if, if they're like, if they think I'm hokey and it's weak. not your job to control other people. Your job is to, my job is just to keep radiating. Not, job is the right job is not the right word, but like your focus is where I know that when people meet me, they feel awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so my, so yeah. I, I just want to keep doing that. I want to keep being that, just being that person who who spreads joy and love. And it doesn't mean I don't have a bad day or that, that I don't get irritated with people or I'm still human sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, like, you know, I, I don't want to sound too, you know, I feel like something is going to happen fairly soon. And I, I've been feeling more than ever that, that really my job is to just all through confinement when I was doing my yoga, I, I practiced Kundalini. So I, I would wake up and do my sadhana. And every morning I would just after the practice, and, and this is something everyone should do. I think this is also my most important practice in terms of my beliefs and everything is that I just ask God, I, how can I serve? How can I be of mm -hmm. service? Mm -hmm. And I and I ask that you know, even if I don't do yoga, I just if I wake up and I just go, okay, I go, God, use me, use me how you need to. Let me be your servant, and that has helped me make a lot of the decisions that I've made in the past year. Like I decided I'm, I'm making like three records right now, but I also decided to go to school to be a sound healer. I didn't tell you that, but I found a school in the in the UK that does virtual training and, and it's a one year training. And I, I use my voice and I use tuning forks and, um, and it is amazing how effective it is. And, and I love it. Be, and even it was so funny because I was, I was recording today and I said to myself, I said, you know what I would love to do? I'd love to go on like, you know, where they have like music sound, or music retreats for, for artists who are writing, you know, writing camps is what they're called. And I said, everyone would be much more creative and much more prolific if they were doing these exercises, if they were doing these techniques that I do. And so I, so I really think so I decided to do this one because that's the direction God was like, this is a good way for you to serve, but also for me to be a better artist and a more prolific artist and to channel more abundance and more and more prosperity in my life. Would you sing for us? Oh, yeah. And I was wondering what I thought. I said, okay, I can either do a, but I wasn't sure if you wanted to hear a mantra or if you want, if you, or if you want like, you know, one of the songs from my album or, or cover song. So the song that I had on repeat last week was Call Me. Oh, I love that one. Let me, <laughs> let me see if I can, if I, uh, oh, let me see. Cause I haven't played that one on guitar in quite a while. No more deception. No more deception. 
no more lies, no more affairs. You're walking cliche. Oh, I don't care. Call me, call me, call me. Can you close on the healing mantra or something that you're working on in your sound healing class? Absolutely. I was actually hoping that that you would ask because because I I also now give uh, ateliers as well with one of my favorite Kundalini yoga teachers here in Paris, and we do almost a three hour um, sound healing with mantras and with the tuning forks. And one of the ones that we're doing at the next class is the Ang Sang Waihe Guru. And it's a really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mantra that I love. And it, it, it means the dynamic loving energy of the infinite source of all is dancing with within every cell of me. So it's really, it synchronizes the, the finite sense of self to the infinite oneness. And it rejoins the separated parts, which is basically all healing is, whether you're doing whether you see a sound healer or whether you're doing uh, emotional freedom technique or you're seeing a shaman, you know, when, when we experience traumas, our energy gets kind of scattered through our 11 bodies, through our energetic force field. And what I love to do is to help people put that energy back so that, because when you, when you have all your energy, it's like you're, you're like a full charged battery. So this mantra is just so so wonderful for that. And um, so I will, if you don't mind, I'll probably sing it for three, three minutes. And if you feel like you want to sing too, please, you please join me because it is so lovely to sing unless, unless you just want to receive, then, then, then you can do that too. Let's see what happens. And it's quite easy. So I'll sing through it a few times and we'll do, let's do, uh, yeah. And until it's one 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 because right now it's one oh four so we'll do it to the angel number one 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 Guru. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
enough but <laughs> that was beautiful i only stopped singing because every time i sang it's almost like the energy started messing with the sound oh yeah it does that yeah so our energy <laughs> together is very powerful super powerful <laughs> that so is fun. so beautiful oh well thank you and uh you know there's so much it really is just doing about doing what what brings you joy and and, and it's and 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 I'm trying to but but do you do you have any other questions or or anything that that you not at this moment I'm sure I'll think of more but you've been so generous and and made connections for me in my own mind and then you brought me from crying and releasing to euphoria oh that's good that's and well, it reminded me of when I was in, when I was living in LA and I went to a temple and we were, we were doing yoga and we were doing meditation and then we were doing chanting and just being in a room full of people who have no fear of chanting together in a room and potentially looking foolish, but just chasing that euphoric feeling and feeling your energy elevating, 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 elevating to the point that we were all making so much noise and I it's one of the happiest moments I've ever had in my life and so it's that playful connection that I felt with you and it just it was beautiful oh well, beautiful it's totally my honor and and I did want to tell you too if if you would like a session because I, I can I need volunteers so I would I can give you a session as well on I would happily accept that that was my yeah. that was my next offline question is how do we do that again where I don't have to worry about <laughs> recording oh, yeah. because that was I've... really that was moving so I accept I would love to and I'll and I'll actually send you another I'll send you a little playlist that I that I send to people with a lot of healing 
I don't know if you have Spotify, but I, I, I'll mm -hmm. send you a playlist that I do. Yeah, has a lot of the the songs that I enjoy listening to in terms of frequency and stuff. Because even even me, like I just don't listen to a lot of music anymore unless it's stuff like this. Because I just and even when I'm making the stuff that I make, I I just know that I'm going to be getting away from that in the next two or three years. Because as much as I love being a diva, I just feel like my my calling lies elsewhere. So I do just want to tell you one more thing, though, if I can. Um, Please. Uh, just if you can do like, I, I just think there's gonna something is coming. I, I don't know what it is. And I don't know how it's going to affect everyone. But if you if you can, I don't know, read about like, uh, just like, activating your Merkaba, I can send you a little message about it, too. But it's just and doing like a lot of like toning, which is what which is what we do, uh, where you just go, mm, where you're just resonating. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, you know, we are getting a lot of a lot of light coming in. And, and like, this is not this is not like woo woo stuff. This is like there's actual solar flares <laughs> from the sun that are getting bigger and more intense. And just for the, the earth is literally changing, even in sci scientific terms, like there's a great deal of, of changes going on, going on and in terms of frequency as well. So as long as you are just doing things that bring you joy and, you know, and even in the mornings, I just say I activate my Merkaba and you don't even have to visualize or do any meditations for that. You can just say it and your higher self will do it. But I do think it's very important I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like something big is coming. So that that's just, my, that's all my, that's my advice. And we can do a little healing session whenever you, you want. You just kind of tell me within the next few weeks, I would be more than happy to, to give great. you a little session. Well, I'm curious to know what you think is coming. Well, you know, I, I've been, it's, I've kind of been going down the rabbit hole a little bit because I've been... I've been because last year I did I don't I think I, I think I don't yeah I think I told you I did like 40 days fasting yeah and and since then I've just had this feeling of like and also I had that session with my my hypnotist to where I like channeled this like joyful peaceful being who was who said that they were here like building bridges and we were like what are you building bridges for and they said bridges back to yourselves and then I started, there's a few people I follow on Instagram who are doing really interesting work and who do these channeling hypnosis sessions as well, where people talk about there's going to be this kind of event and it's going to be like, and, and what's interesting is that like, it's not just one person saying this, it is like several accounts from different hypnotists, diff people who don't know each other, people who've never heard the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like everyone's coordinating because it's all been at different times where they're talking about this, but it, it's where there's going to be so much light coming into the planet that people, either people are going to choose to leave before that happens because they can't, and they're not going to die. They're just going to like go somewhere for a little while, <laughs> while the new earth is being created. And then there's going to be people who decide to stay and they die because they don't want to come back. They're like, okay, I'm done. I'm piecing out. And then there's going to be those who stay, but they're going to be the ones to be the bridge builders, to be the ones who who help build this new, 
this new paradigm, this new earth, this 5D earth, where the frequency has shifted so much that it's it, uh, the, the life as we know it, everything as we know now, things that are important now are not going to be important here. So this is now, of course, this, I don't know if this is going to happen in five months or in 50 years, or I don't, but all I know is that I have to keep, because if I am one of those people who's here to help bring in this new, new and, and I do think a lot of us who chose to be here at this time are here to do that and are and specifically chose to came back at this time so that we can bring in this new, what they call the golden age. And the, and the other interesting thing too, is that there's something else called the project looking glass. And it's like the, the government, the U S government found a way to kind of uh, see the future and, and to kind of run simulations to see what are the possible outcomes. And apparently in about 2012 is when all the timeline converged and basically the bad guys realized like, oh my God, no matter what scenario we, we do, like the light is going to win. Like this, the outcome is going to be like, so we can have coronavirus, we can, we can, uh, you know, have world wars or whatever, but the outcome is always going to be the same. Like the light will win. So I, I know that this might be totally out there, but, but I, I do think it's so important with, with everything going on and the way people are feeling. And because, you know, you see all this stuff coming to light, you see like just stuff that just doesn't make sense or stuff that is just like, people are just like, what the fuck is going on? And it's because all this stuff is coming to the surface so that it's like a purge basically, you know, it's like the earth is just like, okay, gotta, gotta get, gotta get you guys cleaned up. Uh, gotta get you in the, in the right frequency. So I don't know if all that sounds totally wild or if it resonates, but I mean, I definitely am feeling the overwhelm. I'm definitely feeling the, what the hell is going on? I'm definitely feeling all of that. And I agree that it can't continue. So how that will change and what will shift and what will come, I don't know. But I also feel like we cannot continue the way we're continuing. Yeah, there's no back back to normal. I mean, really, there's going to be a shift. And I don't know what kind of shift. And I don't know how apocalyptic it will be or how but the thing too about predictions and about all of this stuff is that when predictions don't happen it's because humanity's consciousness has expanded you know so that's why people who have been predicting the end of the world or predicting these certain things and they don't happen and it's because because of the predictions people read these things and then their their consciousness expands mm. and then like you know, then so Armageddon, so Armageddon doesn't happen or it doesn't happen for another hundred years or it doesn't. But I do feel like the there is a mass awakening. And I do feel like like-minded people are finding each other more and more. Like mm -hmm. I found you and, and even just, mm -hmm. it's just so wild. I'll be like on the train and I'll meet eyes with someone. And like, there's just a connection. We'll start talking and we'll be talking about stuff like this stuff. You would never talk about with people randomly on a train. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. Like this is happening. Like people are connecting, people are mobilizing, people are finding their tribes. Mm -hmm. Why do we need to find our tribes during this time? Why is this so important? Because whatever is coming, we are going to need community. We are going to we need, need each other. Absolutely.
Absolutely. I believe that with my, my whole heart. So do I. And also I, I, and I, I'm not like, I'm not really a, I mean, well, I grew up in, in Mississippi where we have hurricanes. And so we are, we are kind of like preppers. I just make sure that I have at least like two weeks of water and food at all times. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I, I'm doing that now as well. Just to, if nothing, if nothing happens, great. That's great. We've got extra, but it's just, it's, and it's not so much about prepping in terms of the, having these sort of material things uh, in case, you know, something happens, but, but it really is a spiritual preparation. So that's, and from every message people are receiving the messages I receive from, you know, whatever other worldly sources, it, it really is about just releasing and transmuting the trauma and, 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 and just enjoying life. Mm. And that, that's all that, you know, that, that is the, the best way that we can, that the light wins against the darkness. Not that there's darkness and light. It's not, darkness isn't necessarily bad. It's just depending on what, what people want to do with their power is what it comes down to. So, and reminding people that they have power and they have the power to choose. Yeah, because you know, people, this, this planet. I think people, people have felt very powerless. Yeah, and it's in the, the past while, because... and I think it's really important to remind people that they do have the power to channel positive energy. Well, yeah, I, or and I don't, I don't think it's woohoo or strange or anything. I think it's so important to to check in with yourself and and choose light. Yeah, well, and it's you know we have free will, but people forget that. Mm -hmm. it, and, and and everyone operates of out of fear or love, and it's like you know, getting to the point where you make that conscious decision. Okay. And, and it's not easy. I mean, I still get in situations with my husband or whatever, or whoever, and I'm like, okay, am I, am I operating from fear? Am I, am I making a choice here out of fear? Or am I doing it out of love? And now I have that consciousness, like in that moment where I can just like, be like, hold up, Sarah, breathe. Is this fear? Or is this love? But most people are so, again, it, it goes back to unhealed mother wound, father wound, ancestral stuff that, that they, they can't even do that. They, they, they don't have that consciousness yet. So, you know, I, I do feel like that is part of my responsibility to just help and whatever I'm doing. And the, the, the best way I can do that is to do, do the healing, keep singing, you know, and be and, an example. That's yeah. the biggest, I think, being an example mm. when people see you know, because that's so much of that, like, even I know I'm not a child anymore, but I'll see the way certain people behave. And I go, yep, that's, that's my vibe. That's what I want. That's what I want to emulate. So there's so much power in our image and the way and our behavior and the way people see us. Mm. So I just be the example. I'm not going to tell people what to do. That doesn't work. I have to be it. Mm. I don't have to, but I choose to be it. And then the rest, you know, and then people are either going to choose that too, or that, you know, I can only control me. I can't control anyone else. Mm -hmm. I only can decide how I react to situations or, or how I want to, how I want to serve, how I want to, you know, I'm, I'm concerned with me and, and, and nobody's going to get left behind and this, whatever's going to happen. People, you know, everyone is going to be taken care of. It's just a matter of what, what is your mission here? What are you? that's what I think it's about. It's like, what are you here to do? 
when you figure that out, then you'll, you'll know how to, how you can help and how, how, how to make these, these decisions in your life. Yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done by the way, but <laughs> no, but I think it, it is the questions you ask, right? It's like what you said before, if you're always coming from kind of a fear mindset or lack of abundance mindset, then you're asking different questions. You're asking help me instead of how can I help? Absolutely. But that is so crazy because like, you know, when I was suffering all those years, I would have never woken up and said, okay, how, how can I be of service? I was in so much pain that I could not do that. Like I just, I just couldn't. So I understand when I, when I meet people and when I, and when I, and when I see people, I, I know I, I've been there. I know. Mm -hmm. Well, that's important because then you know what you're talking about. Hmm. Yes. And then, and then people have to decide if they, you know, and that's another thing too. It's like everyone chooses people before they, before we get here, we decide what, what kind of experiences we need to have. So one person's level of healing might be over here and that might be enough for them for this lifetime. Like even my mom, I was talking to her and I said, we were having this big conversation and I said, well, mom, do you want me to get you a session? And she said, uh, you know, I'm actually good right now. I think I've got about all the healing I can handle for this, moment, <laughs> but I'll let you know. But it's so interesting because that it's kind of how it works, you know, so, and, and even sometimes with people I work with, they'll, they'll be like, you know what, I'm getting a message that they want me to take it easy on you today because, you know, our higher selves and our guides, they know for us. And also another thing I love to say is like, I say, okay, like, uh, you know, may the healing sound flow through me for the betterment of humankind. And I say, let the amount of healing flow flow through me that is most beneficial for humanity at this time. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it, it, it changes. It's not, all, it's, I just try to keep that in mind that, that no matter what is going on in the world, we are on the highest possible timeline. And, and that, that what is everything going on is, is, was what needed to happen for us to get to where we need to go. Mm -hmm. So I just, I hope so. Yeah. And I have, <laughs> to keep, I have to keep believing that. And, and, and I, I, that, that is the theory I like to believe in, <laughs> you know, everything that my favorite conspiracy theory is everything is, is going to be okay. And unfolding in, in perfect harmony for the, for the highest uh, outcome of humanity. I truly believe that. I mean, and I'm so many shivers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Every time I hear this conversation, it moves me through to a feeling of joy. I feel more centered and optimistic. Please stay tuned. She does sing for us again. You can find Sarah on Instagram at Sarah Rebecca Music. I put some links to her music in the show notes. If you enjoyed our chat, please share this episode with your friends and on social media or send me a note. I love when you do that. Talk soon. And here's Sarah. I just needed to have like a little rehearsal. You and had now to rehearse, of course. But now it's rehearsed and now, now I'm going to be super profesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Deceptions, no more lies.